Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. It's a wonderful uh, opportunity to be in the house of God today. Amen. And uh, today we are going to continue on the series I started last week entitled New Creation. And uh, we, our church is called New Creation, but there is still something God that God is trying to do inside of us that is new. Amen. I think Michael has that in his spirit really heavy right now that God wants to do something new and we have to, uh, we have to allow him to. Amen. So when's the last time we prayed differently? You know, like if we want something new, we have to start praying differently. You, you might have to start worshiping differently. You might have to call somebody and just say, I, I have something on my spirit that I have to just share with you. And like, you got to start doing something new. Amen. Uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into this today. Heavenly Father, I thank you to God for the ability Dear God, to preach your word, and I pray to God that you would allow me to speak it with your anointing, that lives will be impacted and changed, that people would hear this word, dear God, and move into what you called them to be moved into, dear God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say, amen. Once again, the theme scripture for this is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, somebody say behold. behold, all things have become new. Now, when I even just look at that behold, there's a, there's, a, there's a word in there that says hold. You have to hold on to this new, right? Do you know that the enemy is trying to make you go back to your old self? How many know that? The enemy wants to take you back. And he might send somebody at your job to trigger you. You might just be walking by some random people. Listen, the enemy does not want you to be new. And he's trying his, his best to convince you that you're not new. Amen? Amen? Last week we talked about Paul. Saul being turned into Paul. Um, he was knocked off a horse while he was on his mission. He was on his way. And God had to change his direction. Amen? Sometimes our directions need to be changed because we, we, we get in this nice, comfortable place and be like, God, okay, if you could just, all right, God, this is wonderful now. If you could just allow this to happen over here. You see that house over there, God? I would love to have this house. But, but God wants to do something inside of you. I was talking to one of my friends. I said, now is the time more than ever that we need to be more and more vocal about Jesus Christ. There was a guy that was in the uh, NBA, and, you know, they have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Everybody's kneeling. This guy decided not to kneel. He wanted to stand. His name is, uh, his last name is Isaac. I can't remember his first name. But they asked him, why, do, why didn't you kneel like everybody else? He was like, I just don't believe that's, that's really what's going to make a difference. But I live for my, he basically shared the gospel and said, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe the way that he has changed my life can help make a difference in this world. And I want that to be the difference maker. Um, and that was powerful 
But then the very next game, he broke his ACL. And, I, you know, immediately I began to pray for him because the enemy wants to discourage, right? How many of you have got saved? You saw somebody get saved and something bad happens and they get discouraged or you get discouraged. But see, we are here to uplift the people, right? A people of God. It's our job to build them up. Now, I like his stance. I, love, I mean, he, if you watch the little two-minute clip, he gave the whole gospel in two minutes. And I'm like, man, that's exactly what we need to be doing. Find our platform, utilize it for God to get the glory from it. Amen? Amen. But one thing I want to talk about is when we are being made new, guess what? It is not self-renewal. Right? Because nowadays they got the chambers and if you sit in this chamber for 30 minutes and meditate and if you do yoga and all these things and find your inner self, right? They have all these things. Listen, that is not the new creation that God is trying to get you to become. It's not. Self-renewal is nothing good. Because when you renovate yourself, guess what? You're not renovated in righteousness. See, God, once we accept his son, he gives us, he, it, it, the word of God says he imputes, which is like he covers us with his righteousness, right? He gives us righteousness. That is our new man. Anything outside of that will cause us to be looking new, but still old, Right? And there's nothing worse. I don't know about Michael. He does a lot of cars. Imagine if you bought a 2020 car, fresh off the lot, and it had a 1990 Buick engine in it with about 500,000 miles on it. Right? But they just digitally changed the numbers on your dashboard. Right? It looks good on the outside, but guess what? That car might not move. It might not be reliable, and, and no shot at Buick if you're watching this Buick, right? I'm just saying, it, it, if you have all these good things on the outside, but your inside huh, is not new, guess what? You're still old. It's still old. Somebody say, don't be old inside. Now, one of, the, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and uh, I have a real Bible because my iPad is not working right now, but... Glory to God, we will get that fixed. Uh, but Psalms 51 has some of my favorite passages in it. And this is David really crying out to God, God, make me new. I don't know about you, but do you have those moments when you cry out to God because you're tired of, you're just tired of the same old thing? You're tired of waking up having a struggle to pray, read your Bible, but it's just like chores, right? One of, the, one of the things I was even praying today, I was like, God, I want it to be exciting when I read the Bible. Because when I, when I do all these other things, it's exciting. When my mom beats me in dominoes, I get excited, <laughs> right? But I want the same excitement when I'm in your presence, while I'm worshiping, while I'm praying, while I'm reading your word, let the word jump out to me and just, just speak to me where I am. Amen? But let's read uh, Psalms 51, verse 1 through 15. And like I said, David is asking for God's help. Somebody say, God, I need help. 
It says this, and this is actually, it talks about it in this Bible. I like it. It says, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. Okay, so this is after he has done, he basically kills this man's, this, this woman's husband so that he can hide the fact that she's having a baby from him. Yeah, they had issues like that back then, right? And uh, so he sends him out, tells all the army, go, and when you give this command, everybody but him, step back. Right, so they, I mean, that's pretty cold, first of all. I mean, the way they killed him, David was ruthless. But Nathan, the prophet, had to come to him and tell him, hey, you are wrong. Imagine somebody having everything that they want, and then you're going to take something that this guy, he only had one thing, and you took it from him. And you killed him. So David said, have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Now, he could have just said, God, I sin. But this really shows David's heart. He really wants God to clean him. He really wants God to do something different inside of him. Because guess what? What happens is sometimes you have, uh, you might have had one sin, but this one sin could have been a pattern. Right? See, here, here's the dangerous thing about sin. Sin is a seed just like anything in life, right? The more you allow that seed to grow, the harder the roots become, the stronger the roots become. And what you need to do if you're trying to get rid of that sin in your life, you're going to have to ask God for his help. See, a lot of people come up to me, come up and say, how can I get rid of looking at pornography? How can I get rid of, look, those are just surface things. You got to get down to the roots. You're not satisfied with just God alone. So you have to say, God, purge me. Take it all the way out of the root so that I can see you, so I can do what's pleasing to you. David even said, help me not to look at things that are even wrong. Why? Because he wanted his heart to be in right place with God. So what you begin to do is you say, God, that root that's inside of me, that sinful root, pluck it out. David said, I was born in the sin. Guess what? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born into sin except Jesus Christ, right? That's what makes him special. We were all born into sin. That's why the first thing that your kid, my OLE, or my kids, but I seen kids, they always got some rebellion in them. And the Bible says, get a rod <laughs> and help them out. Amen? But he's saying, take this out of me. Verse 10, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, create in me 
a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Everybody say that together. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This is what we need God to do daily. Renew me, God. Yesterday, I might have said something I shouldn't have said. I might have did something that I shouldn't have did. Lord, please forgive me for that. But renewing me a steadfast spirit, a spirit that wants to stay connected with you. Today, as we were getting ready to go, the internet wouldn't connect. And there's nothing wrong, nothing worse than having Wi-Fi and it won't connect. Right? You're like, why do I pay for this? <laughs> it's not working. So I had to do a hotspot, right? Thank God for backup ideas. But many times when you are constantly connected, that's, that's being steadfast. That's, that's constant. Hey, it, it, when it's working like that, you're like, ooh, this is great. My movie is not messing up. Have you ever watched something and it stopped in the middle because your internet is not steadfast? But guess what? I have to say, sometimes we don't have that steadfast spirit when it comes to serving God. And we have to say, God, get rid of these interruptions in my life. There's many interruptions that are coming right now. It could be an interruption of fear. It can be an interruption of, of uncertainty. It can be an interruption of being alone. Whatever the interruption is, you have to understand that God's word can interrupt that interruption. He can shut that down. He says, I want, David says, I want to have a steadfast spirit within me. And God, I pray the same thing. Help me to continue running for you. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Hmm. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and, then up, and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. See, last week we talked about when you become a new creation, um, your testimony will show something to those people that are around you. I don't know about Obed. I don't know what, uh, how, how old were you when you gave your life to Christ? 13 years old. Okay, so who in here is 13? Anybody 13 right now? Okay, raise your hand. Come on, 13. All right. Now, before you were 13, I don't know. I don't know what his life was like before that. But there must have been a, a, some kind of instance where people came up to you and were like, bro, you're not the same no more. You're not going, we're trying to go do this and that, and you don't want, no, why? Because God began to make him new, right? And it's, and, and it's not just the one time that you do it. It's the continued time. It's the steadfast because, see, the world, they're cool with you being saved for about a month, right? Or a week, Couple of weeks and then he'll get over it. He'll have you heard that before? Oh, you got religion. You got, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. But when you got somebody that's really running after God, steadfast, not stopping, it makes them think about their life. Your testimony should change somebody's life. It says in verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted. Why? Because God made us new. 
We have a new testimony, and we're staying on course. Amen? It says, and sinners shall be converted to you. Verse 14, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. And then he lastly says, the chapter continues, but we're going to stop here. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. See, here's the thing. When you become new, there should be a new praise inside of you, too. Why? Because now you're thankful for something else, right? Imagine getting something every day and you're not thankful for it. See, that's really what we praise God for what he's giving to us. You worship God for who he is. You praise God for what he is doing, right? The Bible tells me that each and every day that we wake up, his what? His mercies are new every morning. Right? And see, like, sometimes we just look over that like, oh, man, his mercies is new every morning. Yeah, that's cool. But it could have been something that happened that you couldn't have been here today. Right? But his grace and mercies are new every morning. That's something we need to be thankful for. I know the old church people used to say it all the time. Uh, he, when they shared a testimony, he woke me up this morning, started me on my way. <laughs> right? Kept me in my right mind. Huh? You know, they, 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 the old people, they got it going. Why? Because they were grateful. I think that's one of the hardest things about our generation is we're not grateful. We get things and we're like, oh, that's supposed to happen. Yeah, it don't work like that. Watch, if something's taken from you, then you're like, man, I really wish I had that. Because if I had that... Everything will be, right? We got to be grateful for the little things. Tell your neighbor, be grateful. All right, I'm going to go to uh, one more passage. Uh, and before we get there, uh, one of the things I was thinking about new, when I went to travel to some new cities, one of the, one of the things I always like to do is find restaurants where I can go try some new food. Now, Michael... Tamron, Monica, and uh, Tanya are great at finding out new food, <laughs> right? They be on the go, <laughs> right? Now, but check this out. I went to Texas, and when you go to Texas, what do you have to try? Anybody know? Come on. Come on, you got to try their barbecue. So I actually was watching videos, and, and I wasn't even watching it just for Texas. I watch food videos all the time how they cook. I watched this guy, he'll go and eat these, this, this barbecue and be like, oh, it's great. It tastes good. It's melting in your mouth. You know, he's, he's selling it, right? So I went to this place in Austin and man, this barbecue was the greatest barbecue I ever had. So I'm excited, right? And my friend, he takes me to this other barbecue spot. He's like, no, that's not. He takes me to this one. I was like, no, this one's not good. <laughs> that other one was good. And then he took me to this chicken place, and uh, they had some lemon pepper Cajun wings. Best chicken I ever had in my life. Can't wait to go back, right? But the great thing is, when you try something new, you're excited. When you go to a new city, you're excited. Why? Where can I go? What's the places that I can see? There's an excitement. There should be the same kind of excitement in our life with Christ. 
He has made us new. What is he going to do today? We should wake up. God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do today. God, I can't wait. I'm, I'm sold out for you. God, I know you're going to do something new in my life today. Right? There should be an excitement. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read this whole chapter. It's not that long, though. Well, it's 25 verses, but we'll get through it. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, anybody been raised with Christ? What does that mean? That means you accepted him in your life, right? You've accepted the work of the cross. Now, because you've accepted it, you are raised with him. The Bible calls us joint heirs. It says, seek those things which are above, which Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Then it says, set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, this scripture, very short, but I believe this keeps a lot of Christians captive because they're thinking about what's going on down here. Now, we know we are in a coronavirus, right? But what is God, what is, what's going on in heaven right now? Uh, does God have a mask on? Is God panicking? Right? There is still above things that we need to look at. God, what are you trying to teach us right now? Instead of being consumed with the news that says, oh, the virus numbers are going up. Oh, something else is happening. Now we see this happening. Now it's, it's like all these different things that keep on going. You know what I mean? Like it is so much that keeps on going. And if we are consumed with the earth, there's no room for what God is going to do in our lives. Can't be consumed with all this that we miss what he's doing. Amen? It says, for you died. Somebody say, I died. Now, I know you guys, even the way you guys said that was sad. Nobody wants to say that, but we died to this old life. Right? It says, for you died and your life, somebody say, my life is now hidden with Christ in God. See now, so you died, and in order for you to die to sin, you have, or since you died to sin, now you have come alive in Christ. Romans chapter uh, 6 talks about that constantly. Romans 12 as well. That we've died to this life, and now we are joint heirs with him. It says, when Christ who is our life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, okay? Now, this does not mean kill anybody literally. But there is still sin that is at work in this earth that we cannot allow ourselves to be subject to, right? We have to be subject to Christ. It says, uh, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked. See, sometimes we act like we get saved and we didn't do nothing wrong. Right? Now, I, I was a pretty good kid, but that don't mean I didn't do anything wrong. Right? 
I didn't get in trouble. I've never been in trouble with the law. Like, I've never had drugs or alcohol, all that stuff. I didn't do all that kind of stuff. But there was still, uh, uh, there might have been, well, there was evil desires, right? There was still covetousness. You guys know what that means? Oh, I want what that person has, and you might want to take it, right? I didn't really do that, but I'm just saying. You have all these different things that happen, and we once walked in them, but now, it says in verse 8, you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, have you ever been angry? Angry enough to want to kill somebody or set it at least? Whew. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Now I know this is a shock to my kids. I've said some bad words before. And I had to repent uh, of it. I haven't said them in a long time, right? But I remember the last time I, was, I said a bad word that I can remember, I was on a fast. I was on a fast waiting to deliver this, this food uh, at my last job. And this guy was, I don't know what he was doing. But I was in my truck just waiting. And I said, I said this bad word. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what the heck? What am I doing? Why did that come out of my mouth? And I, I had asked God. I was like, God, why did I say that? And he said, you got to watch what you're watching on TV. You've been letting it slip just a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. They said this. They, so I had to stop. I, there was a show. There was this comedian person that we used to watch. And I was like, can't watch it no more. Why? Because I don't want that coming out of my mouth, right? So my kids, they wonder why we always turn the channel when something comes on bad, it's because we don't want that seed being planted inside of us. It says, do not lie to one another. Don't get in the habit of lying. It's a hard habit to break. Some of us lie and think people can't tell. My, I can tell when my kids is lying. They look different. Face got a whole nother look to it. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I don't believe you. <laughs> All right, Marcel, I told you I, my iPad is messed up. I don't know if he did it, but hey, he had a look on his face. <laughs> and he was blaming somebody else. I didn't do it. And I'm like, ah, I'll never find out. Only God knows. But it says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. See, not only are we being made new, God has given us new knowledge of who he is. As we constantly seek him, he is showing us who he is. He's showing us that he is new. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Says this, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised barbarians, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is in all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, and long suffering. This is how we are being made new. We got to put these things on. And maybe we weren't humble yesterday. So we say, God, help me to be more humble. I want this new man to be new. I want to be new, God, every day so that I can walk and, and do what you've called me to do. It says, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. 
Somebody say forgive. <clears throat> I don't know about you if, if some of you had an issue with forgiving people prior to coming to Christ. So that's one of the worst things to have in your life. Because it starts boggling you down. Uh, like if you got unforgiveness, it's like the person running for the touchdown and uh, that, that bear jumps on their back and they can barely run. Right? Or, or basically, it's like trying to walk through life with another person on your shoulders. That's what unforgiveness does. But God has called us to be new. And being new, we have to walk in forgiveness. Well, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if I don't forgive man, God won't forgive me. So I got to make sure that I don't allow unforgiveness in my life. One thing that I do, I pray there's a... So, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, I got different things that I pray for. And Friday, I pray for forgiveness. Forgiving and forgiveness. Even if I did something wrong, God helped them to forgive me, right? I don't want it to go be dragged all out. But God helped me to have a forgiving heart too. So that you can move in my life. Amen? Says, uh, once again, Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love. Somebody say love. Which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. These are all the new things that we can do. So some of us are like, how can I become new? If you start looking at Colossians 3, 12 through the rest of the chapter, there's a whole bunch of things that I guarantee that you don't have together. Because a person could come today and mess your unforgiveness up. <laughs> and then you got to start all the way over. But you're really just giving it to God. The good thing about God, he, has a he got the reset button on lock. Forgiveness. Is what he does. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body and be thankful. Somebody say be thankful. Verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When we come together in Christ, that's what we do. Especially when we're in church, it is our job to admonish one another, to build one another up. Amen. And to grow in understanding who God is. Verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all, somebody say all, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I'm going to stop there. But whatever you do in word or deed, all these things, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father. We are being made new, but it's also our job to say, God, how can I be new? What, what, how can I seek you today that's going to be new? Not, remember, this is not self-renewal where I, I, get, I get this 12-step program and I can put this thing together and now I'm a better Christian. Right? That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is seeking God, seeking his heart, and learning what he wants. Learning the attributes that he is trying to give to us so that we could be new. Amen? God, I thank you to God for this, this word. I pray to God that you would make us new. Create us 
Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Dear God, so that we can be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, dear God, despite what goes on in our lives, oh God. We thank you, dear God, for your grace, your mercy that you continue to give us. Even when we mess up, God, you're there to pick us up. You're there to help us get back on the right track. So, God, we want to be made new in you. Dear God, I pray to God that this word would impact us so that we can follow everything you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen and amen. If that was impactful to you, go ahead and slip up your hand. Praise God. Somebody said I didn't say that last week. We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life where you can come as you are and be transformed by the word of God.